Welcome to episode 124 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, we have a person coming on in a couple weeks that I'm going to steal uh, my tip from today. So it will be a little um, taste of what you can expect when she comes on. But it's Kristen from Kiwi Speech, and she just posted this tip. Um, I think it was this week or last week in her uh, Instagram and on her newsletter, and it's kind of like changed my life a little bit. So I had to <laughs> share it but even before we have her on. She'll be on in a couple of weeks. But she talked about how um, more data is not always better. And mm. I think especially in telepractice where I have a platform or um, something like SLP toolkit and it's right in front of me all the time because I'm on my computer anyways, I tend to like go overboard with data and I'm sitting there clicking my little buttons that give me plus and minuses all the time, the whole entire session. And she talked about that one, it can give you less accurate data to have more data because as you do the session, your kids should get better because of the therapy that you're doing, but that that doesn't always show what they're able to do by themselves. So she suggested, especially with articulation, but I think it works with language too, just getting the first 10 trials. Take data on the first 10 trials, put the data away, and do therapy. And it has helped me so much. I, I still have to, like, remind myself to do it. But I, you know, pride myself on getting lots of trials of articulation um, during sessions and or most sessions, depends on the session. And and I felt like I needed to prove that I was getting all of those trials by having data on all of those trials. But it's true. The first 10 trials, my kids will get like 60%. And then as we keep going, like they can get up to, you know, 80, 70, somewhere around there because I don't want them to practice it wrong. So I'm giving them lots of strategies to practice it right. But that doesn't mean that that 80% out of 100 trials is really showing what they can do on by themselves. And I don't want to, you know, dismiss them from therapy before they're really ready. And that has really helped me is to just get those first 10 trials. And with language too, just, you know, see where they're at, you do a quick check-in, then jump in and do therapy and put the data away. So that has been a great tip for me lately. Uh, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I like it. It, it, it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm, for and, sure. And, and especially in a, in a telepractice session when you're trying to um, manage lots of things, like you were saying, <laughs> you know, all the open tabs that you're trying yes. to uh, figure out. Um, but also I'm thinking, you know, even in, in in-person therapy, you know, especially with small children when, yeah. you know, I'm thinking like my grad students were like, we just sat in the in the floor and played for... 30 minutes, you know, how do I take data on that? So this is, this is a, a good way to say, just give them 10 trials in the beginning. We'll see right. how they do. And then just go do therapy, do right. the language modeling or whatever we're working on. Yep. Yep. So and I think it, cool. it takes us out of that. Like I'm testing my kids to see mm-hmm. what they know and switching mm-hmm. into, I'm teaching them to help them get better. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that does 
it certainly takes a lot off of me. That's that's I feel better already. I know, right? <laughs> Just thinking about tomorrow and Friday, what I have to do. That'll be very helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have a returning guest we today. Do. We do. We have um, Marissa Rushlow, and she um, owns a telepractice company and has a subscription company, uh, Telepractice Connect. And she's done a lot since the last time that we had her on, and we're excited to hear some updates and great advice from her. Awesome. Let's hear from Marissa. Okay, we want to welcome Marissa back to the podcast. Uh, Marissa, for those that didn't hear your last episode and um, or are it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you're up to and um, how you got into telepractice. Yeah. So for those who don't know me, um, I started telepractice back in 2014. It was really just kind of a on the side thing. I was interested in it and I got hired on as a contractor with um, a smaller company. And they at the time actually recommended that I set up an LLC just for my own liability purposes as I was contracting with them. So that kind of sparked the idea of like, what else can I do with this? And then I created my own company and started doing outpatient and it just grew from there. Um, so now uh, I do, I was doing full-time telepractice therapy myself, but now I oversee my businesses. Um, so I run Linguabilities, which is a school-based contract company, as well as some outpatient services, mostly SLP, but we do some school psych and SPED teachers too. Um, and then Telepractice Connect, which is my uh, membership subscription site for all things Tele. Um, so I'm, I feel really thankful that I've been able to move into the position that I am now where I get to oversee these things and help kind of make telepractice what I'd like to see it, you know, make it a really high quality service for all the people that we're working with. Um, but I, I still do some therapy on the side because I'm, I'm trained as an SLP. Great. And I think when we had you on before that your subscription service was just barely launching. So yeah. tell, us, tell us about it, what's on there, what people can find, how it's going. Yeah. Um, so I think we're in our second year now. I think it launched in October 2020. So I think when I came on before, it was like right in the beginning of that, maybe even yeah. before. Um, so we've been going strong. Um, I just actually reconfigured the entire user interface. So we switched our hosting platform because the one we were using just wasn't quite as you know user-friendly as I would have liked. Um, so it has a completely brand new hosting now, still has all the same resources that you might be interested in. So we have discounts on you know continuing education subscriptions and um, different coaching services and business services. We've got no print downloads, uh, continuing education. They're hosted on the site and it's all about Tela, um, a link repository. And we update that every month and then webinars as well. So where we talk about different topics, kind of like we're doing today. So the website is the same. It's still telepracticeconnect.com. Um, some of my favorite things, uh, I was just talking about this a little bit earlier on some uh, different interesting people. We had a couple of cool interviews recently uh, as a part of our webinar series. So I had Angie Merced on and she's from the SLP Burnout Coach. That was a great interview talking about like self-care and, you know, saying no to things and scheduling time for yourself, which I think especially as like online business owners, we can forget to do because we wear all the hats all the time. 
And then we also (laughs) had uh, Mark Parsons on, which I'm sure like everybody knows his name by now. He's Mm. a a really interesting guy uh, to talk about like running an online practice and some of the automations that he works on to uh, make the business just move a little bit smoother. So in that line, we've actually expanded the business coaching offerings that are a subset of Telepractice Connect. So we've got things from like self-driven courses where you can just do a one-off and it's on demand, or you could go for different tiers of individual coaching. And so the, the guide is really to get people who are interested in like starting their own online business or maybe have kind of a stalling point where they know they want to expand it, but they don't know exactly how they're going to do it. They're stuck in marketing or they're stuck in like the um, nitty gritty details of like, how am I going to expand this? So we've had great luck. Um, I've worked with app developers, medical professionals, therapists, even online retail stores to try to get these businesses up off the ground or running a little bit more smoothly. Um, And so I'm hoping that I'm going to start doing some more CEU courses on that topic. I do have one right now through Northern Speech Services that's all about starting your own online business. So I'd really like to pair that business coaching with that CEU component too. Yeah, we would, I'll just throw out there, we'd love to have you do something with us on 3C on our <laughs> yeah, platform. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you wanted to do that and and we can link it to, or you can certainly advertise um, the other uh, component, the other training as well, and then mm-hmm. back to Telepractice Connect as well. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think it's such a, a niche area that we, yep. one, don't get a lot of exposure to at Mm -hmm. at least as SLPs, like when we go through grad school, there's nothing at all about business training. There's nothing about marketing, none of that. And then you maybe have this idea of, okay, I want to start a business, but like narrowing it down into the niche of like, what's an actual market need? And then how am I going to make this happen? It just seems so overwhelming because you are wearing all the hats of like the tax person and the hiring person and the person giving therapy. And it, it just goes on and on. So I think it's a really in-demand area of the field, especially as it relates to online businesses. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of how to word this question, but how do you feel, what would you say to people that are like thinking about doing their own private practice and how mm-hmm. telepractice fits with that? That's a good question. Um, I think I would want them to think about is tele going to be their bread and butter or is it a side piece of what they're offering? Because I've seen a lot of people, especially post COVID, I don't know if I should say post COVID, it still exists, but like post <laughs> post lockdown that, um, you know, they were doing a brick and mortar business and they had to go online. So they did it, they can do it, but they may not know all the ins and outs of like, this is a very specific subset of the field. It requires a lot of different skills Um, you have to know how to do it well, if you're going to get good outcomes and especially that like ethical dilemma of if it's not in line with in-person services, we shouldn't even be offering it. We want it Mm -hmm. to be as high quality as we can. So I'd, I'd ask them to kind of evaluate that. Like, do you really want to have an online business and all that, that, that entails because you're going to be marketing to a potentially much larger market. That's going to change your marketing strategy entirely. Are you going to have the therapists who are licensed there? Are you going to have therapists or yourself that knows really how to do telepractice? Well, if there's all these troubleshooting issues or you you got a really squiggly wiggly kid, or you have clients that are like, not sure about getting into tele because they had a bad experience during COVID, or they still think it's not as you know good a service as in person. So that would be my first question. Um, is this really where you want to put your eggs in your basket? And 
um, can you devote the resources that you need to to make it viable? Yeah, I like that because I think a lot of times we think, um, you know, if I'm doing a private practice, I can easily just jump on and see kids that can't come to me. I can see them online, Mm -hmm. which is true, but Mm -hmm. you have to have that set of skills and and know what you're doing when you do that. And it's not as easy as just jumping on the computer, (laughs) which I think most people know at this point. But um, I I like that, that word of caution. It is a great, I think it's a great pairing for a private Mm -hmm. practice, especially if you're in a really niche um, area of expertise Mm -hmm. and people are trying to get that area of expertise, but know what you're doing so you can provide that at the same level that you would in person. Exactly. I don't want to discourage people from going into tele, especially if it's like, well, that kid's sick that week, so maybe you could do a session here and there. But to have it be like a true subset of your business where you are like a brick and mortar clinic and you're offering tele as like a thing that you market, you want to make sure mm-hmm. that you're you're holding yourself to the same standard online as you would in person. And Marissa, I was just wondering, there seems to be a, you know, this growth in entrepreneurship among mm-hmm. SLPs lately. Sure. And and other allied health as well, but it, it seems you know COVID has has sort of. I mean, I, I think it's COVID, not maybe something mm-hmm. else, but I think people looked at that time period there, what we've gone through over the past couple of years, and I think people have said, you know, I want to work for myself, or I want to do mm-hmm. something different uh, than what I'm doing now. Yeah. What, what do you what do you think is driving a lot of this for SLPs? Honestly, I think it's dissatisfaction with the way that we're getting reimbursed and the workload the, the so many people are getting burned out. I see it time and time again in the Facebook groups where people are like, I have this crazy caseload. I can't see all these kids. I don't even have time to go to the bathroom or have lunch. And then they're getting reimbursed really low rates and telepractice companies. I have to be honest are guilty of that too. They mm-hmm. time and time again, I see people saying like, Oh, I got an offer for a telepractice company. I want to work from home, but they're offering me pennies on the dollar for, you know, like $20 an hour or something ridiculous. Um, So I think people are just sick of it. And there, there were more ideas and opportunities maybe during COVID that it kind of planted that seed that I could start my own business. Mm -hmm. I think that goes back to the business coaching, right? You could have an amazing idea. And then how are you actually going to implement that? How are you going to get through the paperwork? How are you going to get through the marketing? How are you going to get through niching down to something that's actually viable? Because otherwise you're just broadcasting your message into the ether of everybody and you're not going to get anybody who's actually interested. You know, you're wasting your money that way. So I think it's great. Um, I think there is definitely room for small entrepreneurs who have great ideas to make a play for things in this market. Um, like I'm a small company and I'm I'm trying to compete with some of the bigger ones because I know that and sometimes we can do it better or we can do it in a different way. You know, yeah. it's really important to me to have that high quality. So I think there is a place for these smaller entrepreneurs. It's just finding that mm-hmm. the right timing and like the right implementation of it. Yeah, the my my first gut reaction to Todd's question too was burnout. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It's burnt out. Yeah. We're absolutely. burnt out of the other things we're doing. Okay. And this is one of those questions that I'm like, I'm asking for a friend. Quote, quote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, People are sick of it. They're yeah, exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for those of us that are we're, we we want to stay in the field, but we're burnt mm-hmm. out of what we're doing. Talk to us about how you branched out to do those other things and and how 
ideas that you have for ways that people can branch out and mm-hmm. still still stay in the field, but not have the the everyday of like I go to sessions, I document mm-hmm. sessions, I go to sessions, I document sessions. Again, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, I I 100 understand what you're saying. That was me for years. Yeah. I I think I knew as an inkling even when I was in grad school that this wasn't. The, the daily treadmill of therapy was not right for me. And I tried for years to make it fit with me. I tried other positions that were like evaluation specific that um, were like focusing on different areas of the field that maybe just wasn't therapy, therapy, therapy. And I hated all of it. It was, it was not for me. I looked at becoming a vet. I looked at being a professional dog sitter. I was going to go back and get my PhD, anything to get me out of therapy. And I give so much kudos to the people who like it and do it every day. It's not for me. So I was looking for any way that I could distance myself from that while still being in the field. I I thought I wanted to still be in SLP. I'm good at it. I just, I don't like the back-to-back therapy sessions. So I was in a really unique position where starting my business back in 2014, you know, it was really just me. I was doing like part-time work, driving to people's houses, but it gave me this inkling of like, there's something else out there that I can do. I can manage myself and I can start to distance myself from that time equals money mentality, Mm -hmm. which I think is so often what gets people burnt out in daily therapy, because it's exactly, you're in a, a session for 60 minutes. That's what you get paid for. Um, so I would look at if you are interested in entrepreneurship, different ways that you can start to divorce yourself from that mindset where you're running your own company or you're getting some sort of passive income from courses you write or an app that you develop or something like that, that you can still contribute to the field and be invested in it. But maybe you don't have to do that daily grind as much. Yeah. Lots of opportunities. I feel that. I feel that entirely. I, it's really a hard position to be in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I had a friend tell me um, one time that the most, um, in his view, that the people that were mentally healthy were the ones that had options. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what thinks, you know, people feel most um, trapped and probably burn out. Mm-hmm when they feel that there's nothing else they can do, you know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing else out there for me. I have to just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we're saying is that that's not true. There's lots of different opportunities if you're creative Mm -hmm. and have some ideas, not to say that every idea is going to work. So you want (laughs) to, you want to think carefully and, and not just quit your job tomorrow, but there's different opportunities now. And, and, and a lot of SLPs are, are, moving in that direction to have more control over their income and quality of life. Completely agreed. I I didn't go full-time with my business for years. I mean, I started back in 2014. I was still doing daily full-time therapy until a year and a half, two years ago. Um, so it took a really long time. And I, j- I had it on the back burner while I was doing my day job. And then it grew a little bit more, but I was still trying to manage a full-time caseload because the staffing just wasn't there. So that's not to say that you couldn't do a part-time business entrepreneurship, you know, just kind of getting your feet wet. You don't have to quit your day job. You could see how it goes. You may not even want it to be a full-time thing. It could just be a side hustle, but it still gives you a little bit more control over what you're earning. Exactly. Great ideas. Yep. Great ideas. Well, Marissa, when you were on before, did you, did you participate in our moment of Zen? I I don't think you did. I don't think I did. No. Is that a new thing? It's a new thing. 
Okay. Well, not necessarily new, but it's <laughs> newer. Uh, it's it's newer Post since episode thirty five. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was before That's that. Right. <laughs> so we have a series of questions we like to ask our guests. We have three different lists: list A, list B, and list C. And our guests can choose which list he or she would like to. Answer. Do I get it, any insight into what's in the list, or I just no. picking you? No. Oh, okay. You I just, just randomly pick. Okay. Uh, let's go right on the middle. Let's do B. Ooh, B. Okay. You asked for it. No, <laughs> no, I'm nervous. <laughs> so, um, would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert, 100. I think that's a big part of why I didn't like the therapy. I feel like I put a mask on all day, and like I said, I'm good at it. I get good results out of people, and it's a good relationship. But it's exhausting by the end of the day. So hardcore introvert. That's so funny because I was gonna say the opposite uh, from what too. I've seen of you. And oh, really? No, <laughs> not at all. No. After I'm done with this, I'm gonna go take a nap. I'm done. <laughs> Socialize out for the day. No. Yeah. Well, and you're so active on social media, too. I recently mm-hmm. joined your Facebook group, oh, yeah, yeah. too. Welcome. So, um, yeah, and I was going to plug that for a minute. Tell us about yeah, your Facebook do. group. We'll switch yeah. back and forth between moment sure. of Zen and sure. <laughs> information. Yeah, definitely come join. Um, there, There's no um, like barrier to get in. It is specifically for SLPs just because 90% of the people that were in there were SLPs already. So we were, we were branded. Um, so now it's SLP telepractice business owners rather than just telepractice business owners. But anybody is welcome to come join. It's really just a place for people who are in this kind of entrepreneurial stage, specifically in tele to come and join each other, find out some different things. We do interviews now and then. Um, we just ha- kind of have the conversation going about how are things going with marketing or how are things going with your business mindset, things like that. It- it's a great group. I think we're about a thousand strong right now. So we're still small, but like not not too shabby. Yeah. Small but mighty, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so next question is, what is the best compliment compliment you've ever received? Ooh, tough one. Um, it's gotta be like a thanks that I've gotten from a family where they said, you really made a difference in my kid's life, or you made a difference in my life. Just those reviews that I get back. I actually keep a list of accomplishments and accolades that I get from people when I'm feeling down about things, especially when I was in daily therapy and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I would go look at those things and say, look at what you did. You, you accomplished something, you changed somebody's life. And so that, that was really, you know, when somebody just says like, my kid really loves seeing you like, Oh, okay. Uh, That makes it worth it. (laughs) Makes it all worthwhile. Yep. Yeah. Um, Who's been the most influential person in your life and how did he or she impact you? Mm, Probably my mom. Um, she was part of the reason that I started a business too. She is an editor and she actually worked on the for dummies books for a long time. Um, she did a lot of the like technical ones. So not the like puppies for dummies, but you know, like Excel (laughs) for dummies. Um, so she started her own LLC, uh, to do freelance work as an editor. And that kind of planted the seed as well. Like it was right before I started my LLC. So she's kind of been a role model in terms of, you can be a woman business owner and take charge of what you're doing without having to be tied to like a nine to five necessarily. And now she, um, I think her company moved a lot of things like overseas. And so they severed her contract, but now she just does freelance for herself. She doesn't even have like a regular nine to five. So yeah, I'd say my mom. That's great. great. 
Yeah. Um, what do people misunderstand most about you? Hmm. That is a good one. Um, my sense of humor. It's really dry. So most people don't know that I'm making a joke because it's very like <laughs> subtle and mm -hmm. I deliver it deadpan, but I'm actually pretty funny if you get to know me. So, uh, yeah, I would say that most people don't know that I'm making a joke because I'll, it's one of those, like, you don't want it to fail. So you say it real like deadpan and like, it's not a joke, but then if somebody laughs, you're like, ah, gotcha. It's one of those. Gotcha. I'm the opposite. I laugh at my own jokes before anyone else does. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. My husband recently admitted that he noticed that on our first date and thought it was kind of funny. Oh, that's adorable. I like that. So I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If one like really tickles me, I'm not afraid to laugh right. at my own joke. But yeah, typically it's real. Uh, nobody heard that, right? That, unless yeah. you thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I need some deadpan lessons. I'm more of the like dad humor. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'll help you with that. Sure. It's working okay, with children great. too long. That's what it yep. is. You, yeah, you know, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Getting into those jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kids don't understand my sense of humor at all. I think it goes right over their heads. And it, it's my fault. The delivery is not like punchy enough. So I got to work on that with the kids. Next question is, what's something surprising that you've learned about yourself? I'm a lot more resilient than I thought. When I got Very started good. in this, I did not have a good idea of what I was capable of. And mm -hmm. I was very hopeful about things. Oh, I, I really hope this works out. But I had like no thought that it really would. You know, I was ready for disappointment. And so I've definitely faced some pitfalls like things haven't worked out like I expected them to. And I just kept mm -hmm. trying that I will give myself that is my credit. It's like, I am determined even in the face of like, this is the worst. This is not working. Oh, can you still hear me? Yep. No. Sorry. My microphone went out. Yeah. I would say the, the, the determination of like pushing through the adversity is what has surprised me the most. I thought I would just give up and be done. That's awesome. Yeah. So don't give up. Keep, keep pushing, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Next question is, what do you, or excuse me, do you have a favorite quote or motto? I, I don't. I'm not a big quote person. Um, I've recently started bringing some of them into that Facebook group just to kind of get some thoughts going. But I'm usually not somebody who likes to just wrap up a whole concept into like 10 words. I think there's so mm -hmm. much more to it than that. And mm -hmm. it doesn't give as much nuance. So, no, I, I don't really have a favorite quote. Um, yeah, I wish that I did, but I don't. Not a problem. Um, how do you define success? Oh, that's a very individual determination. What's successful mm -hmm. to me may not be successful to somebody else. Um, right. And that's part of what I talk about in the business coaching too, is kind of what are your like personal values and how that drives what you do. So some people are really valuing like financial stability. Well, then taking a big business venture is maybe not the best option for you. Where other people are like, I want to have independence and have people respect me. Okay, then you're going to go a different way. So I think it totally depends on you and what you define as success. For me personally, um, having the financial stability in terms of like, I'm not worrying where my next paycheck is going to come from. I don't have to be rich and famous, but just having that consistency is important to me, but also having the control that I can decide this is how I'm going to do things. So being able to do those two things has really been 
where I started recently feeling like, okay, you, you're doing it. You, you, maybe you're not made it yet, but you're, you're getting there. Yeah. That's excellent. That's great. Um, next question is what's the best advice a mentor ever gave you about your work or life? I think I would have to say my CF supervisor, her name is Val Doherty. And I just interviewed her on the Facebook group. She, um, she does authorship. So she writes like children's books and she's starting to get into some adult fiction too. She was one of the first people who planted that seed of like divorce yourself from the time equals money thing, get some passive streams of income. Don't tie yourself to one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time it was so SLP is you, Marissa, you are SLP. That is all that you are. And I didn't realize like, no, there's, there's other things that you can do maybe even that are related to the field, but it's not just Marissa is a therapist. There's so much more to that experience. So I got to say her, her advice of getting some different streams of income so that you're not like even so emotionally tied to just one concept of yourself as a professional was really profound. Yeah, that's very good. Um, do you have a hack or easy way you found to do something that most people don't realize? Ooh, do I? Could be telepractice related, could be something else around the house, could be anything. This is kind of a simple one, but maybe people wouldn't think of it. I I like to get things done when I think of them. I think I have a little bit of ADHD and if it's not in my brain, it's going to go away. If I don't write it down and dump it, it's gone. So uh, like with my emails, I know that I want to remind people, hey, progress notes are due coming up or there's a vacation or I need you to get this thing in. So I do it immediately if it's applicable. But if I know I tell them about progress notes two months beforehand, that's not going to help. I schedule an email in my email client so that it goes out, you know, like a week before progress notes are due. That way I get it out of my brain and I know that I've sent the reminder, but I don't have to worry about the timing of it. Those like scheduled it. emails we've they, they've know. saved us, right? They, they work yeah. great for me when I'm like, you know, like, I'm thinking about this at midnight, but it's not professional to have an exactly. email that went out at midnight. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm yes. going to send it out at 8 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Or I'll even like send myself an email that says email this person. If I, I don't do the scheduled email yep. or text this person, if I'm going to text them, that way I'm not texting them at two in the morning when I think about it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Last question. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? Here are your dogs. <laughs> I'd like to see my dogs again. All, all your dogs from yep, all my dogs from childhood my childhood on. That's all I care about. I don't even care what heaven looks like or the, the sort of people that are there. I want to see my dogs again. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, what was you know, one of the sitcoms? I forget which one it was now, but the main character. Uh, would go see his parents and they always had the like the golden retriever and mm. they they he was like a, a adult married and they never told him that they kept buying a new dog when the dog died oh no <laughs> <laughs> and and kept the same name and so he he thought that his his dog was the same all you know all these years and it and was like rowdy 3.0 right, he didn't, didn't know. <laughs> He didn't realize that, you know, the one he had when he was eight, you know, died a couple of years later, you know. Oh, that's so Whatever. sweet. So that, did he not mm. notice that they look different? Did they get the same looking dog every time? That's amazing. 
didn't have personalities <laughs> different or anything. I know that's what I feel like. That's easier with something like fish or a gerbil. Fish, right. I feel yeah. like you would yeah. notice it more with a dog. With a dog, yeah. probably. Probably. This yeah. is a completely different personality. This is a different <laughs> animal. That's right. Well, Marissa, thank you again for coming on and and giving us an update on what's going on with you and um, yeah, and and come back before what uh, what a hundred episodes before you come back. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, especially as you're adding more stuff to Telepractice Connect, our, mm-hmm. our lingual abilities, whatever is going on, you want to, you know, let people know about it. We'd love to have you back on. Yeah, I would love to come. And just a, as a little um, thank you to anybody who's listening, I'd love to offer um, a discount code for anybody interested in Telepractice Connect. There is a seven-day trial anyway, so you can try it for free and see if you like it. But um, for anybody listening, I want to give them 20% off either annual or monthly subscriptions. They just use the code TELA today, T-E-L-E-T-O-D-A-Y. And so you can come get a discount on it, see if it's right for you. Awesome. That's awesome. That is yeah. great. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's very, very kind. And good luck. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. Awesome. I'm so glad I got to see you guys again. Thank you again, Marissa Rushlow, for joining us and for giving out that code that listeners can use over on Telepractice Connect. So if you didn't get the code, rewind this episode, get the code, go over there, save a little money and sign up for Telepractice Connect. Marissa has some wonderful material, wonderful resources there. So go check it out. So thank you, listeners, for being with us again for this week's episode. If you don't mind, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow, or share this podcast and this episode. Uh, Those five-star reviews always helps us out. And until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. 